Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sword of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, let's continue to remember everyone that is affected by this COVID-19. Uh, all the people on the front lines and, uh, treating the people that has it and all the ones that are uh, taking the uh, test and testing people for uh, COVID-19 and all the people that has COVID-19. Let's remember everybody that is uh, affected by this. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this day, and I thank you, God, for for all your wonderful blessings and gifts that you've given us, dear God. And I thank you, Lord, for life, and I thank you for health. And, God, I thank you for being with us, dear Lord, and just using us, dear God, for your glory. And, Lord, I ask that you would just be with each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this coronavirus, all the ones that are out of a job, dear God, and or their income has been taken away from them for some reason. And, God, I pray for each and every one, dear God, that is on the front lines, Lord, the ones that are uh, taking, the, giving the test to the people and the ones that are treating the people in the hospitals and the nursing homes and, and uh, different places, dear God. Just be with each and every one of them, dear God, and just protect them and keep them safe, dear God, and just be with them. And, Lord, and bless him in a great and a mighty way. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless this podcast now. God, that you would just use it for your glory. Lord, that you would just uplift someone and help someone, God, grow closer to you. And, and Lord, just help someone to find their way to you and give their heart and life to you, dear God, before it's too late. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. We're going to be in uh, John chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 7. Uh, we're going to go a little different route today. And uh want to answer the question, how do I get to heaven? And, you know, the old saying is everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, you know, the, the sad part about it is today is everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to live a life to where that they will be, where they can make it into heaven. They, they want to go to heaven on their terms and live the life that they want to and still go to heaven, and, and it's not going to happen. We're going to, there is a set, set of rules and guidelines that we have to follow if we're going to make it into heaven. John chapter 10, starting in verse 7. The, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to, for to kill to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. And we're going to stop right there. 
Now, I'm, like I said, the question is, how do I get to heaven? By the only way that we're going to get to heaven is, is through Jesus. The search for the road to heaven, it, it's, it's an earnest quest. It's, uh, it ensures that whatever comes next is better than what is happening in this life as it is now. And there's been many religions and teachers and gurus offer their take on paradise and how to get there. But in the Bible, God laid out his one way to spend eternity with him. And we have to follow that way and we have to look toward Jesus. The book of Revelations in chapter 21 and 22 describe heaven as a beautiful place with streets of gold. There's no, not going to be no suffering and no sorrows and, and uh, gates of pearls and infinite beauty and all is going to be perfect and all these wonderful attributes pale in comparison to the joy that, will, will, that being in an eternal presence of God will bring each and every one of us forever. It's one of those places where we go to where we'll never have to worry about nothing. We won't have to worry about money. We won't have to worry about housing. We won't have to worry about our children. We Everything there is going to be perfect. I know that's a little hard to fathom at this point in time and, and uh, the chaos that the world is in with our, um, our nation as a whole being in the chaos and, and fighting against one another and fighting against ourselves and and. Uh, we just really just cannot fathom what it's going to be like to live in a place where none of that will be going on anymore. Everybody will love everybody, and everybody will be uh, very calm and, and very loving, and there will be no fighting and no arguing and uh, nothing like that. However, man lives his life in rebellion against God. We are in constant rebellion against the Lord. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what you think. At some point in time, and possibly every day, at some point in time, we rebel against God. Well, you know, rebellion is, how, the one way that we rebel against God is is he, asks that, he tells us to do something, and we make excuses, and we either end up doing them later on or we don't do them at all. But the first thing that we do is we start rebelling against God. And, can, and we cannot be in the Lord's holy presence in sin. There will be no sin entering into the pearly gates. You uh, don't care what you've been told or anything. There will be no sin in heaven. And therefore, we cannot go to heaven. If we have sin of any type in our life, we cannot go. To rectify this issue of a man's sinful nature, God sent his son, Jesus, to die and bear the punishment for the sins of the world. He took our sins upon him when he hung upon that cross and died for our sins. And then he went to hell and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan so we, as children of God, we have nothing that we need to uh, be afraid of. 
Fear should not be in our lives whatsoever. Philippians 2.8 And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, this is Jesus, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became obedient to the death. He, he, that was the one thing, one of these things that he came down upon this earth to do was to become the supreme sacrifice. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self by our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. I want to point out one word there. By whose stripes ye were healed. That, that means before you were ever sick, before you ever had anything come on you, you have a healing. All we have to do is accept it. And Jesus was resurrected three days later. And if someone acknowledges their sin, repents of it, and accepts Jesus as the Lord of their life, and, and accepts his substitution for, our, for us on the cross, placing their faith in him, that person can spend eternity with their Savior in heaven. And now let me tell you something. When you repent of your sins, you return, you re, you turn from that sinful nature. You come out from among the world and you be a separated people. And you don't go back to the sin. Yes, it's going to be a struggle. It, it's, it is, it's going to be a struggle because there is a war that goes on within each and every one of us every day. And that war is between good and evil. And uh, there was a um, Indian one time. The Indian proverb is that there is two wolves that live within us. There is the good wolf, and there is the evil wolf. And they are constantly fighting one another. And the one that wins is the one that we feed. If we feed the good wolf, then our life will be the way as Jesus wants it to be. If we feed the bad wolf, then our sins are going to uh, end up costing us our life. You can't feed both of them all the time. You've got to feed one of them and let the other one starve. You can't feed one one or two days a week, and then feed the other the rest of the time. You've got to feed one of them. You've got to pick one, and you've got to feed it. You've got to pick either Jesus or you've got to pick either Satan, and you have to serve them to your fullest extent. If you're going to pick, choose one or the other, choose them and live for them. But let me tell you something. We need to choose life. We need to choose salvation we need to choose jesus because in the end he wins and if we are a child of god we win but we have to choose how does someone get to heaven 
Heaven is the dwelling place of God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. It's where his holy nature shines uh, unveiled and in its full glory and majesty. It's where the angels dwell in service and in worship. It's a place of peace, beauty, and joy. The wondrous place is also where man's heart often learns to be. We all, like I said, we all want to go to heaven. We all want to live uh, in eternity and in perfect harmony and perfect peace and forever. We all, we all want to go there. The Bible says that God loves his people and he wants to be in fellowship with them. When, uh, when God created the world, he created man and woman. Adam and Eve, and they lived in harmony, harmony with the Lord, with God, and they lived in the Garden of Eden, and they had everything they wanted, and they, they, uh, Jesus, as a matter of fact, Jesus, or God came down in the cool of the evening and walked with them and, and talked with them, and they had no knowledge of what it was like to be evil. They had no knowledge of sin. They, they, were, they were perfect. They were perfect individuals. And, but Satan stepped in on, on the scene, and he tempted Eve, and Eve partaken of, to partake of the fruit that the Lord told him not to. And she then gave to Adam, and Adam partake of it, and as soon as they ate of the fruit, they knew good and evil. And they, uh, the devil uh, told them, you know, that they would become like God, that they would be gods, they would be like him, they would know uh, good and evil, they would know everything that they need to know. And they chose to disobey God, and to partake of the fruit. In Genesis uh, chapter 3, in verse 8 and verse 21, verse 8 is, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. This was after they partake of the fruit. They hid themselves from God because they... God, God, they did not want God to see them. Why? Because, uh, verse 21, and to Adam also and to his wife, oh, I'm sorry, uh, that's, uh, they hid themselves because they were naked. And the Lord asked them, said, who told you that you were naked? See, they, they lived in perfect harmony, and uh, they... Uh, they did not have the need for clothes because everything was perfectly innocent. And then when they partake of the tree, they figured out that they were naked and uh, thought they weren't supposed to be, and, and they knew right from wrong. And the first sacrifice took place in the Garden of Eden. In verse, uh, Genesis 3 and verse 21, And to Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them? So the animals had to be sacrificed to cover up their nakedness. So therefore the blood was shed to, uh, of animals to help cover up the sins of man. 
because man's sin separates us from God, and we cannot go to heaven on our own merit. The Bible makes it very clear that every person is inherently wicked and will violate God's law and will. Romans 2.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, everybody, has come short, has sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 10.9-13 That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son into the world, that whosoever believes on him shall be saved. This is what we, this is what we needed. We need to believe on the Lord. But we also need to follow him, and we, all, we also need to heed to his voice, and we need to do the things that he wants us to do. This is an ongoing thing. It's just... I, it's not just I I go in and I ask God to uh, ask Jesus to save me and and I believe in the death burial and resurrection and I ask him to come into my heart and live in my heart and then I go out and and live the same life that I was living no I I come in I ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins and I come a completely new person the old man is dead the new man takes his place and I go out, and my life should be completely different from it was before I asked the Lord to save me from my sins. Ecclesiastes 7, 7.20 For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. 1 John 1, 1.8 if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. God's design was for man to be with him. God made man to, to do his bidding and to worship him and to lift him up. And, and after, after Adam and Eve fell in the garden, he instituted uh, sacrifices where the blood of animals uh, was given as a substitute, atoning for sin. This system highlighted just exactly how wicked people were as they continually had to offer sacrifices. It was like a never-ending cycle. They, they were... Basically, the altar, the fire in the altar, when the tabernacle was put up in the wilderness, the fire was built in the, in the altar, and it burned until the altar 
was uh, going to be moved because they were continually, someone was continually coming to offering sacrifices. But there was not a perfect sacrifice which perfectly and completely paid the debt of sin by these animals. It did not completely forgive our sins. Every time that we, uh, every time that the children of Israel uh, messed up, they had to take an animal and they had to sacrifice that animal every time. If you done it four or five times a day, you took four or five animals a day and you offered sacrifice for those animals to get your sins under the blood. In order to man to have a perfect way to heaven, Jesus came to earth, grew up living a sinless life, and died as a perfect sacrificial lamb and he walked upon this earth and he he chose men to follow him that he may teach the way that he wanted them taught and he he uh, got these men to write down a lot of the things that went on while he walked upon this earth so that you and I may know exactly how that we, as children of God, should walk. We are going to fail. We are going to come up short. I'm going to say that. It's, it's going to be a struggle. It's a hard, it's hard life to live being a Christian, but it is all worth it, even here upon this earth. Even though we have troubles and we have trials on this earth, it is all worth it because even though those things come against us, we have an advocate. We have someone that we can go to, and we can, we can ask him to take care of our problems for us. And we, we put them in, our, in his hands, and we trust him that he will move upon them in the right way, and we have faith that he can move upon these things. And we go on. And don't worry about it. And don't be concerned about it. To re in order to receive salvation, a person must fir first understand they are a sinner. My father told one time of a man that he prayed for and talked to, witnessed to many, many, many times over uh, a year or two. I can't remember exactly what, the, uh, how long it was, but he talked to him and witnessed to him every time he got a chance. And he said it, it was like, uh, you know, it, it like talking uh, to yourself. You know, it, it, it just seemed like he wasn't getting through to the man. When Dad was going down the road one day, and the man flagged him down, and Dad said, I never will forget it. He said, I, I pulled up and I rolled my window down. He said, he, he laid his arms on the window and he said, he bent down and he looked me in the eyes and he said, Preacher, he said, I figured out something last night. Dad said, well, what's that? He said, if I was to die right now, he said, I'd go to hell. He said, Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. 
it took him over a year to get him get this my it took my dad over a year to get this man to realize that he was lost that he was a sinner but it didn't take me just a few minutes to show him the way to look to God to have the Lord to come and to live into his heart and to direct his life but we're unable to justify ourselves there's nothing that we can do I mean I, it doesn't matter how good we are it doesn't matter uh, what we do and if we never uh, say nothing about nobody and, and we help everybody we can and we are the most perfect person that there is on this earth without the uh, asking Jesus to come into our hearts and forgive us of our sins, we will not make it into heaven. I don't care how good you are. It, you're not going to make it in. We're unable to justify ourselves. To be saved, all we have to do is to believe that Jesus is Lord and that he, die, he died as a perfect sacrifice for our, for our sins and was resurrected. Once you have the faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit secures that person's salvation until Jesus comes. But we have to, we have to we we still have to work at it. You know, it's it's not just a one-time thing and you know as many times as the children of Israel had to go and offer sacrifices for their uh, trespasses, we as children of God, we have to uh, sacrifice our time sometimes to ask the Lord to forgive us of our trespasses because I, as perfect as I would like to be and as much as I would like to say that I do everything that the Lord asked me to do, I cannot do that because I don't. I, I come up short. I make excuses. And I have to ask for forgiveness almost daily. Ephesians 1.13 In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have a promise. In addition to sealing believers for salvation, the Holy Spirit strengthened those who have faith helping them to repent from sins. Salvation through Jesus is the only way to go to heaven, and Jesus claims absolute authority over this path, saying in John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only way you're going to make it to heaven. It's through Jesus. I don't care how good you are. I don't care. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter because your goodness and, and all the things that you do are not, all your works and everything, they're not going to get you into heaven. No good deeds, no chance, um, no sacrifices are good enough. Only the blood of Jesus has the power to wash away your sins forever. 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 17 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? 
And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Baal? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. As I said before, you want to make it to heaven? You ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins? You follow him. You come out from among the world. You, you Listen now. You can go back to your friends and everything that you had before that you gave your heart and life to God, but don't go back wanting to be like them. Go back to tell them exactly what Jesus done for you and that he will do it for them also. Don't be, don't be trying to pal around with them anymore or do all the things that they've done anymore because you are different. You should be different. If you give your heart and life to the Lord, you should be different, and you shouldn't want to do those things anymore. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 6, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And if you do these, the Lord said, I will receive you. Does everyone go to heaven or only good people? Well, we know that only the good, if you're, if you're only a good person, you're still not going to make it into heaven. But once Jesus paid the price for man's sin and rose again from the grave, assuring forgiveness and new life for his people, it became possible for anyone, anyone, to get to heaven simply by faith in Jesus because of man's wicked tendencies, he could not be good enough to be with God in heaven of his own merits. You, you can never get in on your own. You go through Jesus or you do not go at all. Exodus 20, or excuse me, Exodus 33, 20 through 23. And he said, this, okay, uh, man cannot even look at God's glory. If you remember, uh, we were talking about the children of Israel, and Moses was up on the mountain, and he wanted to see God, and he wanted to see his glory. Man cannot even look at God's glory. We, um, um, I'm going to read here. You're going to find out that we can't even see God's face and live because of the sin that's in our life and because we are in a sinful body. That is why, see, this body cannot even even go to heaven. This body that we live in will not go to heaven. That's when when Jesus comes back on the cloud and we were we are caught up to be with him and we're changed in the air in the twinkling of an eye. We're going we're going to put on a new body, a body that is suited for living in heaven. But our soul, the main part of us, will still will go on to heaven, but our bodies will not. 
because this old sinful body, this old, this old Adam nature that we have, it can't go to heaven. No matter how good that we think that we are, no matter how much uh, we think that we are doing, we are uh, living a good life and can make it into heaven. If we don't ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and follow Him, we're not going to make it in. Exodus thirty, twenty through twenty-three. And this is, this is God speaking, and He said, "Thou cannot, canst not see my face, for thou shalt no man see me and live." And the Lord said, "Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock." And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take my hand away, uh, take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. The divide created by sin between God and man is so great that only the blood of Jesus Christ could bridge the chasm. The distance between heaven and earth is so, so huge and so big that only Jesus, by the shedding of his blood, could he close that gap between that. Because of this fact, no one, no one is good enough to go to heaven. Even Christians who will go to heaven are not going because they are good enough or because of an open-door policy at the pearly gates. The only reason that we go to heaven is because we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and we live a life for Jesus. Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God is life, and those who sin reap the natural consequences of that sin, which is death. It is not just physical death, but it's a spiritual death. If you leave this world and you have sin in your life, the lake of fire will become your home forever and ever. And you will not be thrown into this lake of fire and just burn up. You're going to be in this lake of fire and you're going to feel the torments. You're going to feel the heat of the fire. There's going to be other torments that you're going to be in forever and ever and ever and ever. It's nonstop. No route of escape. But see... When Jesus hung upon the cross and give his life for us and for our sins, he made a route that where that we can escape hell forever. And that's the only way that we're ever going to escape hell. God is life. Those who sin reap the natural consequences of that sin, which is death. It is not just a physical death, but it's a spiritual death. Ephesians 2, 1. And ye and you have he quickened, 
who were dead in trespass and sin. Ye, you, hath he, Jesus, hath quickened, who were once dead in trespasses and sins. And we asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins, and he gave us life, and he gave it to us more abundantly. Those who turn to Jesus, putting their faith for redemption in him, will be saved and able to go to heaven because they accepted that Jesus paid the debt for their sins and that it is paid in full. You do not, you and I do not owe nothing. There was a debt that we could not pay and Jesus paid it all. He paid the whole thing off for everybody. Now then, we need to accept that payment in full and turn our heart and life over to Jesus and live for him and, and reap the rewards of what he done for us on Calvary. Those who die apart from Jesus die not physically but spiritually. Without accepting their debt was paid. And, and must pay the penalty for their sins themselves. In the book of Revelation, it speaks of, about those who will stand before the great white throne of judgment. In Revelation 20:15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This burns forever. It never goes out. Not everyone will be in heaven because not everyone puts their faith in God for their redemption. Even before Jesus came, people were redeemed and justified before God by faith. They had faith that those uh, sacrifices that they done would roll back their sin, would cover their sins. They had faith that it would do that because without faith, they would not do this continually day in and day out. They knew that by doing this, that they were going to be in good standing with God. And we need to know that by accepting Jesus as our Savior and following Him and trusting in Him and having faith in Him, we are in good standing with God. Romans 4, 2 through 5. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. We believe, we know that Jesus has saved our soul. We know that as long as we follow him that we're going to go to heaven. We know we have faith in Jesus. 
Ultimately, God wants all people to come to him in faith, but not not everyone will. Don't not, Everyone, like I said, everyone wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to uh, pay the price that we have to pay to be a Christian. When I say pay the price, I mean give up the things of this world. They would rather have the things of this world and have the pleasures of this world than they would to live for Jesus and have to give up some of those things that they like so much. Those things are going to pass away one of these days. They're, they're going to be gone. But Jesus and everything that he stands for is still going to be around. <clears throat> In fact, everyone in heaven was at one point in time a sinner who was saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and God's promise of forgiveness. We are all sinners at one time. We were all sinners at one time. Every child of God was at one point in time was a sinner. And we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins and we turn from those wicked ways and we became a child of God. There is, there is a saying out that I, I have a lot of problem with is I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, I'm sorry, but I was once a sinner, but now I am saved by grace and I am a child of God. I am no longer a sinner. I live in a sinful body and I live in a sinful world, but my heart, my soul, and my spirit belongs to God. It does not belong to this world, Satan, or anything like that. So no, I am not a sinner saved by grace. I am a I was a sinner, but now I am saved by grace, and I am a child of God. I am somebody. I am worthy of every promise that's in God's word because I accepted Jesus and because I am following him and I am doing everything that I can to do his will. Yes, I fail. I come up short. I have to ask for forgiveness. But grace and mercy is never-ending. As long as we are uh, faithful to him and as long as we trust him and we come to him and ask him to forgive us of our sins. And this next one, I'm, I, it, it, it is possible, but I, I still have a lot of problem with it. Can people be saved at the moment of death? Yes, they can, but I would not put stock in having the time before I close my eyes in death to ask God to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says that God's Spirit will not always strive with men. So there, there's, a cutting, there's a place out there that, that's going to be cut, you're going to be cut off that you may never be able to reach God from that point on. 
But one of the most comforting accounts in the gospel is a thief on the cross. When Rome crucified Jesus, there was two thieves that were executed with him at the same time. One of them mocked Jesus and rejected him, but the other had a different experience. In Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43, this is a thief, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. These, these were hardcore sinners. They, they were thieves, and in the process of stealing, they had murdered, and they got caught, and they were hung upon the cross, and they knew that Jesus had not done anything, or one of them knew that Jesus had not done anything worthy of being hung on that cross. And he asked the Lord to basically to forgive him. The thief, this thief had done nothing prior to this moment to earn eternal salvation. He had done nothing whatsoever. And it's commonly agreed among scholars these thieves had been had not just stolen but murdered in the process. In that moment, the thief believed with all his heart that if he entrusted his soul to Jesus, he could be saved from his sins, which he freely admitted to having committed. Jesus confirms this fact by telling the thief they would be together in, in paradise by the end of the day. This passage, it confirms, and I, knew, I know of people that have had deathbed repentance. I know um, I heard my father talk about several people that had. But I would hate to live my life thinking that right before I die that I can ask God to forgive me and then close my eyes one night in sleep and never wake up and never have the chance to ask God to forgive me or be going somewhere in my vehicle and have a wreck and take my life, and I never have the chance to ask God to forgive me. It can happen. I've heard of many people that the Lord has taken their life in an instant. They did not have enough time to ask God to forgive them. So let me tell you something. If you are putting your trust in deathbed repentance, you better give it a second, third, and fourth thought because you may not have that choice when it comes right down to it. When the Lord says for you to come, for you that your time is over, you're going to go home and you may, you're going to go somewhere and you may not have the time to ask God to forgive you of your sins. Yes, he is a, a gracious God. He is a loving God, but he is also a God of wrath and he is a God of judgment. And if you do not live the way that he, the Bible says for us to live, the way that he had his disciples and, and uh, apostles to write down that we should be living, if we don't live that way, we're not going to make it into heaven. And that, that's, that's the final answer. Believe on Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of sins. Come out from among the world and be a separated people. 
and live for the Lord and do the best that you can to live for him and follow his his directions and his instructions. That means you've got to read God's word every day. Whether you say, whether, you know, so many people do not does not read the Bible because they say, well, I don't understand it. No, without God's leadership and without God his guidance and without you being a child of God, you're never you're never going to understand it. But through and by Jesus and leaning upon him and asking him to give you the uh, to understand his word, it is one of the simplest books that you'll ever read in your life. But we have to put our trust in the Lord and follow him. If we expect to go to heaven, that's what we're going to have to do. So I thank you all for listening. I hope God blesses you in a great and a mighty way, and I hope you got something out of this. Until the next time, God bless.